that same attitude when he chooses those that would come to bring the word of God in this house. And he promised that he would give us his best. And so I present to you to deliver the word of God in Bishop Johnson's absence. Just like God did, he sent a son. In this case, a female son, Pastor Tiffany John, uh, Tiffany Brown. God, you are holy, you are righteous, you know exactly what to do. You are wise in all of your ways. We are grateful to be your servants. Teach us by your word today, God. Your word is true. It is right. It is good. It is meat on our bones. It is, by, it is that which, by which we live and breathe and have our very identity. We are grateful, Lord, that you give us the opportunity to be in a country where we can preach the word of God, let alone hear it and live it. Make us lights today as we take what we hear and live it outside of these four walls. Would you bless and keep our bishop again, keep him safe, give him wisdom uh, to comfort his friend and comfort him as he loses a friend. In Jesus' name, I pray for your people, God, that they would hear your voice and be inspired to do what they were created to do and to hit the target for which they were created. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. You may have a seat. It's my honor to be able to preach the word of God. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do uh, with regards to my job. Um, I love... Um, the Word of God, and I love expounding and learning from the Word of God. Um, uh, but be, be, before we get there, uh, I might be the one with the microphone, but it's you, sir, that I follow. I'm grateful to God, to you today, for you today. I honor you this morning, sir. So good. Man, the Lord really knew what he was doing. I was talking to my baby brother this week. He called me. He was crying, Mom. Crying and laughing, but crying because he would try to learn Chinese. <laughs> he's, he's helping Luna to write it. And so I told him, I was like, dude, it's a perfect time for you to learn too, you know? And uh, there were two, there was a, eh, eh, and that's like two completely different words. And uh, he called me, he was like, how did you learn Japanese? I need your help. <laughs> he was like, why would God give me a Chinese wife? Chinese God of all the things, right? It's forcing him to, you know, because Matthew's good at everything he puts his hands to, but this is something that he has to uh, work at so that he can communicate with his wife. So it's awesome to see him, honestly, if, if, if he hears this, a little weak at something that he has to work at. The Lord will always use your weaknesses to teach you something. And so we were talking about... Um, uh, receiving the perfect spouse, but having certain things that you just have to work at in order to be. Uh, but it's but uh, husbands, uh, it is easy for 
a, a wife to respect and submit to you if you love her good. It's easy for a woman to respect and obey her husband if she's loved good. I'm not mistaken, the Bible commands the man to love his wife like Christ loved the church. And Christ loved the church first. Ladies, it's easy for a man to love you if you respect and obey him. You ain't like that, I mean, fellas, I ain't got no, no bad back. Come on now. It's easy for a woman to be like, yes, sir. I believe Sarah called Abraham my Lord. It's interesting that the Bible commands the husband to love the wife and commands the wife to respect and honor, obey the husband because God gives commands to your humanity. Because it's easy for a woman to love and respect is something that men have for each other, easy. So that opposite is what you, you got to tell your flesh through that opposite of what it is. I'm, this ain't no marriage lesson or nothing like that, I promise you. I'm just talking about how good I'm loved. I'm talking about how well I'm loved. Brings tears to my eyes, Faith, I swear to you. Just th that's what I'm saying. But somebody said, what? I'm next. I feel that. I do feel that. You never, you never know. Um, you never know what God is going to do. And um, I just want to encourage you not to judge a book by its cover. Because the wealth in this man is blessing my whole life. You understand? My whole life. Sort of, sort of kind of has something to do with what we're talking about. Not, not all the way so much. I'd like for you to have a little bit of a conversation. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Say 60 seconds. Now, that's one minute. Most people think that it's 150 seconds in a minute, but I need you to know it's only 60. 60 seconds. I want you to um, talk to your neighbor about how you decompress. Uh, how you, I remember when Frederick and I were, were dating and um, our conversations were, were, in the beginning, were quite quick because by 8 o'clock, this brother was asleep. Goodbye. Gone. Out. I'm not talking anymore because I am asleep. I have pictures of him falling asleep on the FaceTime because he was trying his best, but that's just not the nature. And that was what me and Matthew were talking about. Uh, God gave me a man who falls asleep early, and God gave her a woman that, I mean, him a woman that speaks Chinese. But it's exactly what you need. It's strange, but it's very cool. How do you decompress? Because that's one of the things that Frederick does um, automatically when he comes home. He has, a, he has a routine of things that he does because he has a very physical job to deal with a bunch of people that are very interesting that I hear about. And, uh, and uh, he, when he comes home, he, he comes home and needs to decompress. You understand that word? What do you do to decompress? That's my question. You have 60 seconds starting now.
about 30 seconds. Mom just asked me, what, what is my thing? I hope you found some interesting things. You know what I do? I cook. Yeah. I, I, that's what I do. When I'm, when I'm, when I'm stressed, <laughs> I appreciate you for that, sir. Uh, I cook. And, and, and um, I know when I'm, when I'm sometimes um, one of my strengths, which lends itself to my weakness, is that I will plow through anything that I'm going through. Right, So I know that if I go home and I'm cooking a big meal that has a lot or maybe a couple of days worth of meals, something is, is going on on the inside of me. It's my recognition. It's the, it's the place in the kitchen. I can turn on some music and I can take a knife to a vegetable and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and decompress. It's definitely uh, cathartic for me to, to cook, to cook. Uh, for this last month, we've been talking about passion. Uh, the first week, talking about God's passion for us. The immense and reckless love that he gives by sending his only son to be tortured and murdered so that you could live. The very next thing that should happen is that you should respond to that love commitment and dedication and the very next thing I think is super important that we are that it's becoming a hot topic in America it's been a hot topic for a long time but even more of a fairly recent hot topic in in church and that is self-care uh, it's interesting how interested people in, are in self-care and I honestly feel like some of y'all take too much too, and you, the care you take yourself is, is too much. You excommunicate and isolate and dip <laughs> in the name of self-care. Hopefully we'll bring a little bit of adjustment to that today. But you know, I got to show you something, right? Uh, we're going to go one, two, three, bam, 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 just like it is on the list, Kenny. So let me, um, let me show you a few things. We know that engagement with social media and our cell phones releases a chemical called dopamine. That's why when you get a text, it feels good, right? So, you know, we've all had it where you're feeling a little bit down or feeling a bit lonely. And so you send out 10 texts to 10 friends, you know, hi, 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 hi. Because <laughs> it feels good when you get a response, right? Right? It's why we count the likes. It's why we go back 10 times to see if, and if it's going, if our, my Instagram is growing slower, I would, I, I, did I do something wrong? Do they not like me anymore, right? The, the trauma for young kids to be unfriended, right? Because we know when you get it, you get a hit of dopamine, which feels good. It's why we like it. It's why we keep going back to it. Dopamine is the exact same chemical that makes us feel good when we smoke, when we drink, and when we gamble. In other words, it's highly, highly addictive. Right? 
we have age restrictions on smoking, gambling, and uh, alcohol, and we have no age restrictions on social media and cell phones, which is the equivalent of opening up the liquor cabinet and saying to our teenagers, hey, by the way, this adolescence thing, if it gets you down... <laughs> but that's basically what's happening. That's basically what's happening, right? That's basically what happened. You have an entire generation that has access to an addictive, numbing t chemical called dopamine through social media and cell phones as they're going through the high stress of adolescence. Why is this important? Almost every alcoholic discovered alcohol when they were teenagers. When we're very, very young, the only approval we need is the approval of our parents. And as we go through adolescence, we make this transition where we now need the approval of our peers. Very frustrating for our parents, very important for us. It allows us to acculturate outside of our immediate families into the broader tribe, right? It's a highly, highly stressful and anxious period of our lives, and we're supposed to learn to rely on our friends. Some people, quite by accident, discover alcohol and numbing effects of dopamine to help them cope with the stresses and anxieties of adolescence. Unfortunately, that becomes hardwired in their brains. And for the rest of their lives, when they suffer significant stress, they will not turn to a person, they will turn to the bottle. Social stress, financial stress, career stress, that's pretty much the primary reasons why an alcoholic drinks, right? What's happening is because we're allowing unfettered access to these dopamine-producing devices and media, Basically, it's becoming hardwired, and what we're seeing is as they grow older, they, too many kids don't know how to form deep, meaningful relationships. Their words, not mine. They will admit that many of their friendships are superficial. They will admit that their friends, that they don't count on their friends, they don't rely on their friends, they have fun with their friends, but they also know that their friends will cancel all of them if something better comes along. Deep, meaningful relationships are not there because they never practice the skill set, and worse, they don't have the coping mechanisms to deal with stress. So when significant stress starts to show up in their lives, they're not turning to a person, they're turning to a device, they're turning to social media, they're turning to these things which offer temporary relief. We know, the science is clear, we know that people who spend more time on Facebook suffer higher rates of depression than people who spend less time on Facebook. Right? These things balanced. Alcohol is not bad. Too much alcohol is bad. Gambling is fun. Too much gambling is dangerous. Right? There's nothing wrong with social media and cell phones. It's the imbalance. New Year's resolutions is to get in shape and be healthier. Well, tonight, Janelle Bluto shows us why more Americans than ever need to take their health seriously. Obesity in America, it's something we don't like talking about, but it's hard to ignore. Let's face it, we're getting fat. In fact, it's so bad, some call it an epidemic. But these are the facts. America's obesity has not doubled, it's tripled in the past 50 years. The CDC defines obesity as anyone with a body mass index over 30. In the 1960s, that was only about 14% of our population, but today it's closer to 40%. At 33%, Texas ranks 14th when it comes to obesity in our country. But why is it so bad to be overweight? Well, it's dangerous. The census says the two primary drivers of mortality are smoking and obesity. It can increase your risk of diabetes, heart disease, even pancreatic, liver, and thyroid cancers. The most unfair part of this, it's not equal among everyone. Those with low income and less education were more likely to experience obesity. But with almost 72% of Americans being overweight, it's an issue we need to tackle today. The cancer of our time 
can be described in one word, meaninglessness. Meaninglessness. You talk to an average young person today, how many sexual trysts do they really want to find fulfillment? How much money in the bank do they really want to find fulfillment? The loneliest people in the world I have found have been the most indulgent ones who've come away totally empty. As Chesterton said, meaninglessness does not come from being weary of pain. Meaninglessness comes from being weary of pleasure. Meaninglessness does not come from being weary of pain. Meaninglessness comes from being weary of pleasure. Skeptics often tell me that it's the problem of pain that keeps them from believing in God. May I suggest to you, it's the problem of pleasure that keeps me from being totally secular. Been there, done that, tried this. It simply doesn't work. I recall when I was doing a Bible study with the Atlanta Braves when they were playing the St. Louis Cardinals, sort of 10, 12 minutes each of the chapels. And uh, I walked in there and I, I closed with this. I said to them, you know, fellas, there's nothing like walking into a room and being the only one who fails the physical. I said, I looked at you boys, muscles bulging like watermelons, and I walk in here. I'll never forget the line of my wife once when I gave her a nice good hug. She smiled, hugged me back and said, you know what? You have the arms of a thinking man. <laughs> I burst out laughing. She, yes, and she said, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean that in a bad way. I didn't mean that. Oh, what a compliment. What a compliment. I said, I'll do my best to make these the arms of a non-thinking man. <laughs> so I said, guys, I can't talk to you about baseball. You guys hit a ball long before I know it's even come. So no, no, I'm not going to talk to you about that. I said, here's what I want to talk to you about. How to live your life on the road because I've probably lived that longer than any one of you sitting in front of me. They leaned forward and started to listen. One of the most notable players from one of the team's multi-million dollar contract walks up towards me and he puts his hand on the back of my neck like this and then puts his head on my shoulder and starts to sob and my travel assistant, knowing it was a very precious moment for him, just walked away into the distance and he looked at me and he said, Ravi, I have more money than I ever thought I'd have, but I want to tell you I've lost everything of real value in my life. I wish I'd applied the principles you gave us today long before. Are we on the highway to abandonment with pleasure without principle, pleasure without boundaries? Think about it. Think about it. You can't have everything. You can't. Meaninglessness is the plague of an average university student around the globe today. Check this out, Chris. It's International Self-Care Day today. I didn't know it, my mom just said, showed it to me. Uh, I was having a conversation with Chris a little earlier, I needed that little, that little tidbit, I appreciate that. Uh, confirms what we uh, need to do today. Um, we're talking about self-care. We're talking about passion for self. Now, I want to remind you that passion for self should come from your passion for God because he loved you first, and now it's your responsibility to return that. But you can't, do, you can't care for a lot of people until you take care of you. You know the greatest commandment. Do you remember what it is? To love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your 
mind and all your soul and all your strength. And the second is like it, uh, and is to what? Love your, as your, right. Love God, and then who gets love next? Not your neighbor. You got to love your neighbor what? As yourself. Sometimes it's right there in front of us, and we just go right past it. You, gotta, you have to love out of a place of love. It's so interesting that love works like that. Uh, I think we use love as, I can't go there, but I, I think a lot of Christians use love. They worship love. But love is a means to an end. It's a whole other conversation. I, find, I found it difficult to find something on my own regarding this subject in the Word of God. Um, I found many scriptures that talked about self-care, but I couldn't wrap my, just couldn't wrap my brain around, my heart around something for you. And so I do what my father told me to do, and that's uh, ask the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, and, then we, and, and, and I quit struggling with it, asked the Lord, and I went to bed. When I woke up the next morning, I was walking and the Lord reminded me of a simple verse, and then I looked at what was around that verse, and this is what I found. Now, I'm gonna do something a little bit different today. Usually I give you point by point and all that kind of stuff. You're gonna do the work today, so get out your phone, find you a clean sheet of a note to write with. You can already go ahead and put self-care on the top of it. You can write John 12, 27 through 36. John 12. 27 through 36 you will see the verses up top on the screens uh, they're gonna they're gonna make sure that you're able to read them I'm gonna read what what happened I'm gonna give you a little bit of context and then I'm gonna go verse by verse. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna go verse by verse and I want you to listen to the Lord for yourself that good I'm gonna talk about what I got from it maybe you take some of those things like mm, I'm gonna take that one and you might find something else the idea of coming to church is not just about taking the notes from the, per, from, the, from the person that's speaking. It's about taking what you need to go out of here and live your life. Live the life that God created for you to live. It's about being full of something so that when you, it's, it's about filling up. This is, this is the locker room. The game's played outside these four walls. And so I want you to start using the word of God as something that you can apply to your life. I love that about our church, that we don't leave you stranded with a bunch of interesting ideas. But I want to leave you with something that you can take and live and use and breathe and be at when you're on your at home. And we're in the middle of pre uh, preparing for a detox. How many of you are excited about detox? Yep, it's going to be awesome. I know people say, whoo, like preparing for it. It's been like, oh, Jesus, all right then. Yep, and that's exactly what we want it to be because the issue is uh, uh, if we are going to be a, a pure light in the world and there are some things that are in our lives that must be taken from our lives so that we can be the light that we're supposed to be, we're going to end that there today. So let me read the scriptures for you. I'm going to read the verses pretty quickly and then I'm going to go back through and tell you what I found. That good? But you're going to take notes for your own self because here's the question. Where do, where do you need God to help you take care of you? Where, do you, where in your life do you need God to help you take care of you? Have you taken this whole self-care thing out of uh, context? Is it inappropriate the way you take care of yourself? Or is that you taking care of you and not allowing God to? It's a whole thing. I promise you, we're going to see it. And so we're going to talk about it a little bit. We're going to get conviction from God, and then we're going to get out of here and go home. Is that all right? All right, John 12, 27 
through 36. I'm going to read it pretty quickly, and then we'll go back through. Now, okay, first let me give you a little bit of context. John 12, so this is what happened. This is the week that Jesus is about to die. Can you imagine being almost to the moment? Think about it. When you're about to meet Jesus or when you're about to finish, finish your race and you know it, how would you be living your life if you knew that you were at the end? What kind of pressure is that? What, what, what kind of turmoil, what kind of soul gut-wrenching feelings and emotions and mental issues are you having? And when you know what you're getting ready to face in a matter of days is the last, is the last of your life. Jesus goes to his homie's house and the woman with the alabaster box busts in. And we're going to talk about that this week. She washes his feet and his hair, and, and, and now, you know, the, you know, and then, and then that's when Judas got the idea to betray him. This is what's going on in chapter 12. And then we come down to the point where Jesus, uh, every, every place I looked at is Jesus foretells his, de his death. Verse 27, it says, now my soul has become troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven. I both glorify it and I will glorify it again. To the crowd of people who stood by, heard it, heard it and were saying that it had thundered. Others were saying an angel had spoke to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now judgment is upon the world. This is Jesus talking. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. Jesus talking. Verse 33. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. The crowd then answered him, we, we, heard, we, heard, we have heard out of the law that the, Christ, that, the, that the Christ is to remain forever. And how can you say the Son of Man just must be lifted up? Who is? This son of man, verse 35, so Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, the light is going to be among you. Walk while you got the light now, for the darkness will not over, so that the darkness will not take over you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he going. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you might become sons of the light. Go back to the beginning. Now it's your turn. You ready to work? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for opening our ears and our eyes. You can go ahead and take that right finger. Uh, take it. Come on now. Come with me. Come on. Take that. Uh, God, thank, appreciate you, B. Click the uh and tap that battery so you can hear it a little bit different. Dude. All right. You ready? Lord, give us wisdom. Speak to us. Man, as only you can. A room full of people, completely different places, histories. 
completely different DNA makeup, but you can speak to every single one of us right now by your spirit. Man, that's amazing, God. I'm amazed at you every day. We trust and believe that you would do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now my soul has become troubled. And what shall I say, Father? Save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. In this moment, Jesus is already considering not doing it. <laughs> his trouble, his soul is troubled. Now that's my, my opinion. Of course, God, Jesus is going to do it. But I'm also thinking about in Matthew when he asked God three times, can we do this another way? He said, Jesus said, Jesus is God, completely man, but his soul was troubled. Remember, Jesus is human. Man, they say, thank you, Jesus, for that air that's going to come through this room. And I heard it come on. Lord, you did that for me. Appreciate you, sir. Jesus is a man. He is a human. I love this because it gives us the perfect opportunity to, uh, to see ourselves next to him. I think a lot of people uh, talk about Jesus being God. We don't talk about the humanity of Jesus very much. We, we, we had a great conversation this week, some of my friends, talking about how sarcastic Jesus is. Listen, if you've been reading the, 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 the Gospels every day, sometimes Jesus was, he was a little curt with himself. Jesus told that man, he said, don't you worry about how, 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 who going to go to hell and who going to go to heaven, who going to die. That ain't, that, ain't, that ain't your business. Jesus had a little attitude. I think about how many times he was like, oh, you of little faith. I know he wanted to be your God. I just got done feeding 5,000. Did you just see it? What are we doing? I could see his frustration. Even Jesus got frustrated. He, got a, he had fear to attack him. I wonder what was going on for 40 days. That joke ain't had no food. So when Satan said, turn that stone into a piece of bread, that first thought in Jesus' mind might have been, wait, wait a minute, I can't do that now. <laughs> and in this moment, Jesus is about to die, and his emotions have called, come upon him. All, but I want you to see what Jesus said. Jesus said, uh, Father, save me. He, he said, what shall I say? He was like, he's, he's laying like, what, what am I going to do? Ask the Father to take me away from the very thing he sent me to do? All pressure ain't bad. Come on. Come on. Talking about self-care. All challenges that come into your life are not bad. They're there to make you stronger for what you got to handle going down the road. Jesus would have been disqualified had he not stayed on the cross. Yeah. Could you imagine? I see this picture in my mind of a hill, a bloody hill, around surrounding it, demons laughing, demons laughing and, and jeering, cheering and, 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 and excited about his death. And then surrounding them is a whole host of angels ready to knock some you know, out, you understand? And Jesus did not call on them. Died. He stuck, he stuck to it. Stay there, Denise. He didn't move. The reason why self-care is so important these days is because we've raised a bunch of punks. <laughs> a 
don't even have the ability to have deep relationships. I promise you, the deeper the relationship, the deeper the hurt you're going to be in with that relationship. And it's, it's, it's maturity that says, ah, you might have hurt me, you might have. I might want to take my phone and throw it right at your throat right here. I just want to, uh, but I'm going to hold myself, right? The, the, but, but, but the Lord Jesus tells us here, he shows us here that even God, thinking about even the wilderness that God, that Jesus went to, remember? It says the spirit of the Lord led him to the wilderness. Now we want him to lead us to the water, Jesus. What about the water where the cup runs over, Lord? Uh-uh. Spirit say to the wilderness. Because there's some things you got to do on your own. God have mercy. We're going to get to it. Let me keep going. Verse 26, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven. I both glorified it and I will glorify it again. The best soul care is acknowledging whose you are. This is God who said to his son, I done already told you, my son, in whom I'm well pleased. I done already glorified your name and I'm going to glorify it again. But you got to go through this first. When you're in the wilderness, in the quiet, in the lonely, in the alone, in the alone, the first thing you better do is remember whose you are. And that God will take God will take anything that you're going through and he'll make it work for you. I'm sorry, that's a bad God. So it's very important that when you go through things that you know whose you are. If Jesus could not escape the cross, what makes you think that you can escape your loneliness and your challenges and your troubles and your things that you have put yourself into? Jesus said that we would do greater things. Have mercy, then that means we got to some tests for that testimony. Uh-huh. Have mercy. I'm going to talk about it. I ain't even got there yet. Verse 29. Are you getting your, listen, this is what I got for mine. Is you getting yours for yours? <laughs> Verse 29. So the crowd of people who stood by, the work, by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. They heard thunder. Others were saying, an angel has spoke to them. Jesus answered, said, this voice has not come for my sake but for yours. Three things I heard from the Lord at listening to this. Here's my question. Can you recognize the voice of the Lord? Sometimes it's a whisper. Sometimes it's a thunder. Sometimes it's the voice of your mama. Saying it in that way that chaps the pink part of your, you know what I'm talking about? With that, with that, with that, with that, with that, with that bass on a throat that make you get up when you should have got up like 30 minutes ago. When they call you, my mom used to call our name all together to be one song. Christopher, Tiffany, and Matthew. And we could be, we could be a mile away, but like, we got to go. It could be a silent voice. I remember sitting about right back there, right behind you, Nina, and my mama turned, my mom turned around from the thing. She, 
your mama mean? It's teaching me to hear the voice of God that sometimes don't sound like nothing. Recognizing and following the voice of the Lord are the best, time, best ways to care for your soul. Most people like prefer to isolate. And I think there are times that we should isolate. I remember when Jesus, right, right before Jesus was about, he heard about his cousin dying. He went away to be by himself, to grieve about the only one who really knew who he was. They beheaded his cousin. Trying to get away. And that's when the 5,000 showed up and they was hungry. You know what? Jesus didn't turn them away. He fed the 5,000 and then sent his disciples on. And then what did he do? Went on to be by himself. There are times when it's important to get away. But not at the expense of people who need you, especially to, to work the works of God. Let me say it like that. Um, I know I've been very careful, even while we were dating, Frederick and I, to draw boundaries around my life. Um, I, my father has had access. That part. Access to my life. Still has it, but there are boundaries, sir. It's so funny, this week he was in a, in a, in a conference and I knew he was going to call me every night. He, uh, Frederick would come home from work and be like, have you heard from dad? I'm like, no, nah, you know he's going to call me later. So let me call him now so we can be done, right? And, uh, and, but, but, but then when my dad calls me now, he said, I'm, I'm, he said, I'm sorry, but. <laughs> because he understands that there are boundaries. Because I'm not going to sacrifice my marriage on the altar of this ministry. I'm not going to do it. Oh, I wasn't waiting for you to clap. I'm sorry. You have to recognize the voice of God. Recognizing and following him uh, or the voice of the Lord is the best soul care that you can get. And it's not about just getting away. I think we abuse that. That's why I was talk, giving that whole scenario. It's because I think we abuse it. We get away in the... Um, in the under the guise of self-care when it's really that you're just annoyed by people and you don't want to be around anyone that's why we're going to detox to help all y'all this week <laughs> what I see in this verse also is that others are watching to see who you follow Jesus had to have an answer. He had to have an answer when everybody heard the voice. Some heard thunder. Some thought it was an angel. We don't know what it was. It was just a sound. And people are watching. People are watching to see how you are handling pressure. It is one of the greatest witnesses that you could have. I remember sitting in the front row every week, having connection group every week. Leading a, uh, an encounter three months after my husband left me. I think I got my mama to thank for that. Probably one of the greatest times and the most difficult things of my life. Under the pressure of such a public and private thing at the same time. But having to stand. Stand right there. Don't you move.
here at Metro, we don't raise no punks. You can't be a punk and walk this way. You got to wake up early in the dead gum morning so that you can hear the voice of God. So that when others see you and they see the voice and they ask you about your spirit, you have such a sweet spirit. So the energy around you is so nice, so good. I was talking to my homegirl yesterday and the woman asked her, you know, who, who do you follow? And when she said, Jesus Christ, and then he got something to say, well, you just said my spirit was good and it is Jesus. Let's stay right there. Others are watching you, or others should be watching you, because under pressure is one of the greatest witnesses that we can, that we can have before this world. And we as a church are under a mad pressure. I promise you that, verse 29. Oh, I'm sorry, 31. Uh-huh, verse 31. Oh, one more thing, because I just saw this. Jesus answered and said, this voice was not come from has not come for my sake, because Jesus has been listening to his daddy voice the whole time. But it came out of nowhere for your sakes. The reason why that some of the things that you are ha is happening to you are lots of things coming at one time, or you're on this other side, ain't nothing happening. Either where you are, either place you are where you need self-care, it is not just for you, it is for those who are waiting to see what the answer is going to be. And the more devastating, the more, the more horrible, the more difficult it is, the greater things are when it turns around. That's why it was death that Jesus had to die of murder and torture because resurrection is impossible. It had to be something crazy like that. Verse 31, now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will cast will be cast out. Here's what I want to say, and I, and I, and I want to make it, make it very clear. Here's the deal. That's Poppy. He being nosy. Yeah. Uh, 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 he told us earlier he was gone. <laughs> Put yourself on mute, Dad. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. This is what I want you to say. Hear me, hear me clearly, because we haven't talked about this enough. You're listening? Judgment is coming. We don't really talk about hell. When, back in the day, we, they, they used, they manipulated the, uh, the existence of hell to scare people into believing in Jesus. But what, 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 what we do when we do that is when, when the flesh rises up and you have some things that you want to do, that fear, that fear of hell goes right on away. You know why? Because you dabble just a little and then don't nothing happen. You dabble a little bit more and then, then nothing don't happen. We still here dabbling. But I need you to understand that judgment is coming. I don't know if you were reading today in, um, in Matthew, but uh, man, Matthew, is it 24 today? I dare you to read that junk and think about the world today. I don't know when Jesus is coming. I don't profess to. The Lord said ain't nobody going to know when. But I'm just saying. It's interesting. It's a little bit scary. Here's the question. Which side you going to be on? Listen, it's going to be too late when you die, okay? It's it going to be too late. And you know, for some of y'all, it ain't really about, check this out, it ain't really about heaven as much as it's going to be what kind of heaven you're going to be in when you get up there. That's a whole other deal. We don't talk about that either. 
is some going to get into heaven smelling like smoke. You're going to be smelling like tobacco when you get in there. And, and I was thinking about somebody, a, a story that somebody told about the man who went to heaven and the angels were showing them all around their house and they went past this door and said, no, 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 we're not going through that door. And then this is your, this is everything else and this is your this and this is your that. I'm like, wow, but what about that door? And they're like, wait a minute, you do not want to go through that door. And this is all the things that you, you have done, all this, and this is your place in heaven. But what about that door? You keep asking me about that door, let's go open that door. And they open the door. These are all the things you, you should have had because you barely lived a godly life. I told you you didn't want to go see that door. I'm, I'm sorry. I want to live. I want to die empty. I want to die empty. That's why I get up in, that's why I get up in the, in the, in the, in the pulpit and scream at you because I want I want to <laughs> die empty. Having done every, having hit every single target. Having done everything that God asked me to do. Got to keep moving so we can get out of here. Verse 32. And, and I, this is, the really, this is the verse that the Lord reminded me of that caused me to look at what was around it. And we're thinking about this issue of self-care. It says, and if I, Jesus is talking, I am, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself or to me. Jesus is talking about that. This is why when I get up before I do anything, I want to exalt the Lord. I want to magnify him. That is, make him bigger than anything else. You feel what I'm saying? Take a magnifying glass to Jesus and not to the issues. You feel what I'm saying? Why? Because I want to be in his presence. I want him to be in mine. Because he said if I would lift him up, he would draw all men to me. Exalting God draws you closer to him. And I'm sorry, the closer to him, the more joy you get, even in the lonely. I'm trying to help you. I spent 12 years hoping and wishing and praying and fasting and a Monday, meatless Monday and about being married. I promise you that. And it wasn't until I said, you know what, Lord, my life is yours. And I'm not finna worry about this and and day. I'm done. I'm done with it. And I figured maybe that would be the thing. Mm -mm, seven more years, Jesus. All right. But in but in that time, it was a time to get as close to God as possible, so that I could live in the place that I am and and live it to the fullest. I've been to how many continents are there? It's two of them I ain't been to. However many of them it is, it's two of them I ain't been to. I traveled, seven of them, so I've been to five. I've traveled, I've, I've, I've met all kinds of people, I have, uh, um, um, I have made all kinds of relationships, I have accomplished all kinds of things, I've won awards, I have spoken and sung and rapped between, for, for, for uh, stages full of 60,000 teenagers. I have lived my life while I was waiting. Now I got something to, something, to, something to bring to the table. I'm going to get on away from there because y'all looking at me like y'all. Being close to God is the best self-care you can get. Here's a question. He said, what? If I draw, if, if I am lifted up, then I will draw all men to myself. Here's a question the Lord asked me. From where does God need to draw you? From food, 
from social media. The man said it's like a dopamine. Me and my mama was uh, walking through, uh, 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 we was at Orlando last week, and uh, we, we, we uh, went to Walmart. And uh, we were walking out, and my mama said, Tiffany? You know, my mama say, when we me, when it end like me, Tiffany? When she do that, it, it, I, said, I need to understand what she about to say. She said, look at all these fat people. <laughs> and it, they, it was like obese people everywhere, everywhere. And Lizzo, you know, she's got this thing where, you know, love yourself. And I have a homegirl who was trying to be in her video. And, uh, and when my homegirl went to be in her video, they turned my homegirl away because she was too small. <laughs> Food, is, it, it, it excretes dopamine. From where do you need to be drawn? From streaming, TV, and movies? From where do you need to be drawn? From personal pleasure? Ravi Zachariah said, meaningless comes from being weary of pleasure. Isn't that interesting? People are always seeking to be comfortable, seeking to be in that place where it doesn't feel bad, where there's no pressure, nobody's asking you no questions. But that's the very thing that you need to be formed into the vessel so that you can take God to the people who need them because they're not going to receive it in another vessel trying to help you with your life. You need to put the donut down. Put, get the juice out of your house. Take, take the soda away. Drink you some water. Water, right. My, my mom used to call it Adam's juice, just to help us. You, you drinking Adam's juice? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Water. Or we called it City Punch. Just to make it sound like it was going to be something. Water. I wonder how much water you drink. Now, why is that so dadgum important for self-care? Because if you, you ain't got but one body. Is it relationships that are a source of your comfort? Me and Matt was having a conversation. It was a cool thing to be together, together as a family last week. And uh, got a chance to have a conversation. And Matt said to me, reminded me of something. He said, I don't need my spouse to make me happy. you if you're single you want to be married and one the uh, listen if you don't like being alone with you what make you somebody else gonna be want to be alone with you if you need people to make you happy and you in trouble if people have become your self-care you're in trouble you better learn to love you, sweetheart. Sir, you better learn to love you. Because the idea is that when you get into that, that relationship that you may want to be in, 
I promise you it's much better if, you don't, if you're not depending on that person to make you happy. You can have a good relationship when you're good with yourself. Jealousy, envy, what is God drawing you away from? Verse 33, but he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. Here's what I want to tell you. I know you don't want to hear me, but that's all right. I'm your big sister, so I want to hear you. Let me help you, right? You ready? It's something you've heard before, but I need you to apply it to your life. You ready? Listen, I'm trying to help you now. You ready? Talk back at me. I'm going to be here for another 30 minutes. Are you ready? I bet you heard that, didn't you? Death is a part of life. Death is a part of life. You know that 50 billion cells die every day in your body. If it does not die, you're in trouble. 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I, am, I, am aff- I affirm, brethren, by the boasting in which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Some of y'all need to die hourly. You need to die hourly. You know what I mean? Pass, pass by the, uh, the Wendy's, the $5 biggie bag. Die to yourself. Them, uh, them, uh, them uh, glazed croissants at the Kroger's. Die! Die! I just want you to go through Kroger tomorrow and say, die! <laughs> Ephesians 4, 21, Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him that is God, just as truth is in Jesus, that is, that in reference to your former way of life, You must lay aside that old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. The deceit is this, that when you eat the cronut, it's a a thing, and they are good. The cronut, it's a donut made of croissant flesh. Yes! I'm not going to tell you where they're going to get them at Sublime Donuts. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> the, deceit, the deceit is this, that when you eat the cronut, it's going to fulfill you. But if you have any God in you that says, we're on a fast right now, you ain't supposed to be eating nothing but fruit and vegetables. Then you eat the cronut, and there's something that happens to your, to your spirit, to your soul is supposed to. And if it don't, you're in trouble. That's why you need to come to the detox. I'm talking about your whole life, not just this week, though. Somebody look at somebody else, tell them, say, die! Yeah. Verse 23 of Ephesians 4, it says, And that you may renew in the spirit of your mind. You got to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I'm talking about self-care. Renewed in the spirit of your mind. That means you got to understand and start thinking about something differently. You got to start thinking about your body differently. The, it's not about whether or not you like water. It's that you need water. And without it, you die. <laughs> you said a couple of weeks ago, you're going to have the pain of going to the doctor because you got some disease, or you're going to have the pain of your muscle sore because you done got on that. Uh, 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 uh. Ain't that right? Uh, uh, uh. I'm telling you, I done found this little girl. What is her name? Work hard, per- 
work hard, praise hard. Mm-hmm. She's a little Christian lady who has the soaker. She, 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 she does workout to soaker. Me and Frederick, we get in our, we get in our living room. <laughs> that thing is so funny. We got to get to walking. Uh, 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 uh. I'm, I'm telling you, it's so much fun. Get your life, I'm trying to tell you. If you don't, you're going to die. It's about, it's about the way you think about it. You know, children do what they want to do. Adults do what they ought to do. Put on your new self, which is likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness and of truth. Ephesians 4, 21, 24. Death. Tell me, that's thing the Lord said to me right before I go to verse 34. Death is the part of a good life in Christ. I know it doesn't feel that way because we were created to live forever. So everything in us is trying to go away from death. But then Jesus said, ah, oh, but there's something different. That if you die, then you get the opportunity to resurrect. Or Christ will resurrect in you something greater, something stronger, something more beautiful. Something that is able to hit the target for which you were created. Verse 34, the crowd of men answered him, We have heard out of the law that the Christ is to be reign, remain forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? I, when, in this moment, I saw uh, Christ lifted up on the cross, right? Because they had to nail him that down here and then raise the cross up. The best self-care is steeped in worship. You ever having a challenge? I promise you, get along, turn on that song that put you there. You know what I mean? Them certain songs, it just, it just put you there. This morning, I was listening to the Israel Newbury, uh, the, pro the Project LA joint, and, uh, and walking. I don't know if Frederick saw me or whatever, but I was in there. You know what I mean? Because I was feeling what he was saying. I remember that. I forgot the song I told you to play. Uh, 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 but it was good to me to remember the goodness and the greatness of God, even in the middle of anything. If you have a challenge personally with your mind and your emotions, one of the best things you can do is worship God. Why? Because worship decentralizes self. Worship decentralizes self. It says it takes all those minds, those thoughts, and those feelings, and those emotions, and those happenings, and that pressure. It says, but that's not about me. That's about who God is creating, forming, pushing, putting the pressure on the, the kind of vessel that I'm supposed to be. That's what worship does. Elder, you will talk about it today. The disciplines, uh, what do you call them? The spiritual disciplines that, 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 that help us to, to clear the pipeline from which we are to, to receive all that we need from God. In order to have a true life of worship, you must be intimately acquainted with Jesus. I heard the evangelist say when we were at that thing, whatever we was at in the arena a couple weeks ago, uh, do you believe in God, Jesus, or do you know him? When you believe that water is good for you, but uh, uh, you can believe that water is good for you, but unless you know it, you won't change your bad habits. Make sense to you? Y'all know water is good for you, but you don't drink it, right? So do you believe or do you know? You have to be acquainted with Jesus, as in know how his breath smells. My Aunt Helena used to say, know about his aftershave. Verse 35 is the last verse. It says, so Jesus said to them, for a little while longer, the light is among you. The Lord is giving warning here. For a little while, I'm going to be here. 
Walk while, he's saying, walk while you got the light now. So that the darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness don't know where he going. That's what the Bible said. He don't know where he going. It's just like that. Verse 36, while you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of the light. Something my mama taught me, taught us a long time ago. Halt. Say halt. H-A-L-T. Say halt. H-A-L-T. Say halt. If you are too hungry, too angry, too lonely, too tired, you caught it. Appreciate you. If you are too hungry, too angry, too lonely, too tired, talking about self-care. Now, most of the time when we do that, the issue is not the halt. It's, it's not just stopping. It's stopping so that you can keep going. Some of y'all get stuck in the halt. Just standing and walling in your anger. Walla in your loneliness, angry, jealous, wallowing in, in, in your, in your, and you ain't moved from that place. Verse 35 says, walk while you have the light so that the darkness won't come upon you. I know you got to stop, but the issue, the reason why you stop is so that you can keep going. Why? Because the darkness is coming after you. You don't look at the TV and the social media and the music and everything that's going on. You don't see that there is an onslaught against everything Jesus. I need you to know that the darkness is hunting you. That's why you got to take care of yourself because we got a long way to run. We got a long way to go. Staying where you are is why the darkness will overtake you. If you stay where you are, that's why the darkness overtakes you. It's good to acknowledge somebody. It's okay not to be okay. It is not okay to stay that way. Don't use being not being okay as an excuse to be in your stuff. Get up and move on. Sometimes you got to fake it. I was with you, Elder Yule. Sometimes I don't, give, I don't feel like getting up and talking to Jesus. If I read Matthew one more time, Lord, I know what you're getting ready to say. And then I read it and I say, I didn't see that before. You got to get up. It's about, Elder Yule, you said today, uh, routine taking over, discipline taking over. When you don't feel it, do it anyway. That's why you got to make sure that you're at this detox. Do not. It was the second time I seen Jesus cry in the Bible. When he looked over Jerusalem and said, man, y'all didn't even know I was here. The Bible says that Jesus wept. And after that, he said, don't you miss your time of visitation. It was another thing that made Jesus sad when we, when we don't hear or don't recognize the times that we are in. Sometimes you got to move in order to hear. I know, I had an aunt who if she takes off her glasses, she can't hear. Tell me I'm lying. 
which she, she takes, it don't make sense. You take off your glasses and you can't hear. It's just connected. Now, I don't understand the connection, but it's there because I don't see it myself. In order, sometimes, in order to understand, you got to obey. That's what the Bible says. Obedience comes be, uh, uh, before understanding. Here's the, here's the deal. Move. <laughs> do what he said do. Get focused on what he's created and called you to do. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know you're tired. I know you're sleepy. God have mercy on me. I know you're sleepy. But you've got to get up because darkness is hunting you. I'm almost done. I promise. And the reason why this is so important is because of what Jesus said at the end. He says, while you have the light, believe in the light so that we become sons of light. We must become sons of light. I don't care how dark it is. All you need is a flicker. And it changes an entire room. All you need is a flicker. All you need is a spark. And it will change everything in the dark. That's how it ought to be in your home. That's how it ought to be in your office. That's how it ought to be when you walk into that conversation. That's how it ought to be when you walk in the bank. That you bring the light with you. I can't tell you how many times we walk into a dead restaurant and because we're there, now it's a big old line right behind us. You're welcome because the light just came in here with us. Now who gives a rib about a light that's up under the bed? Who gives a rib about, about a light that ain't going to shine? Have you ever thought that the reason why it's so important that, that you take care of yourself is because God wants to use you to be the light in the world. And we are so concerned with our pain and our problems and our challenge. That's all right. Come on, make sure fix your cash app or your money. Pay that $75 because I promise you, you're going to want to pay more by the time we get into this detox. You're going to find the light inside your soul. I promise you that. And why is it so important? Because Bishop Johnson is a, oh, he's so dope, man. One of the things that I admire about my father today is how great of a friend he is. Leaves you. Leaves his family. What do you say? Leave, have mercy. Left the 99. Left, left here. Saint paid to take a same day flight. Do you know how interesting flight places? Because he got a call yesterday and he was on the plane within two hours. You understand what I'm saying? And he didn't buy a two-way ticket. In other words, he don't know how long he's gonna be there just to be a friend to his homeboy. I'm sorry, that's good. That's good, ain't it? You know why? Because his homeboy needs some light. Because the light, because his homeboy's light is going out. The results of not taking care of, your, of yourself is that you are bitter bitter blaming others for your lack of self-care pissed off because you feel pissed on 
Y'all said, oh, no, I said, he, he can't stand that word, pissed. Burnt out. When you bent to meet others' needs at the expense of your own, and you have worn yourself out. Codependency. You have made other people responsible for your happiness. You have made a man that you have not even met responsible for your depression. Where they do that at? You avoid the people, especially the people of God. But I need you to understand that when God transforms you, the first thing he does is he puts you in a family. And in that family, you have a seat at the table alongside the other family members. So if you're just trying to get away from church people, there's a problem in your heart. You can't have Jesus and not take his bride. I'm not making you feel good about yourself. I'm talking about preparing us for this weekend. I'm talking about your self-care. Why? Because when we walk outside this door, we have got to be the light. And if your light is dim, stand on up in your, in your, in your, stand on up in your seat. Chris been playing this whole time. We working hard, ain't we, Chris? Appreciate you, sir. I appreciate you. I sure do. Stand on your feet. <laughs> this one goes out to all y'all who need to halt. Now, don't be shame. You know what I mean? This is not the place of shame. This is the place to get help. That good? I don't want to. I don't bring. I don't want to bring condemnation. That's not what I'm saying. Condemnation uh, leaves you dead in the water. Conviction, however, however, acknowledges that I need help and then pushes you to change. Yeah. That good? Yeah. So when you come to the altar, this is, those of you who need to, this is about you need, getting what you need to switch, to change. Yeah. Getting what you need to make the turn and then, and then letting the Lord and his people do the rest. That good? Those of you who need, who need to halt, those of you who, have, have, who are bitter, who are burnt out, who are codependent, and you avoiding people, like the plague, you don't want to, you see somebody coming, you turn your face, or you look in the sky, or you pick up your phone, so nobody don't say nothing to you. I'm talking about you. Come and meet me at this altar today. Oh, you have something? Oh, come and meet me at this altar today. Those of you who need something from God, something from the Lord that's going to turn to change it around that you're you're done with staying in that place you're done with with allowing you're done with feeling that hunt on you that hunt of darkness that's been on your back it's right there up on you creeping up on you and you feel yourself giving out and you need God need God to do something else something else because if you don't I'm gonna freaking lose it <laughs>